Welcome to the Money Hour with Tina Mitchell. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC. Now, in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome to the Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the March 25th show. I am your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, bringing you expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events in our local economy and how it can affect your money. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you're listening to a rebroadcast. I'm here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that I have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And the lineup... For my show today, I have Greg Nunn with Nunn Better Tax Resolutions, and we're going to be talking about tax problems and better yet, how to avoid them. Also in studio, I have Maya Butler and Rosemary West with Real Logics. Sotheby's International Realty. What factors are happening, having an impact on our local real estate market? We're going to be talking about that today. And last guest in studio, first time in studio, Jamie Flaxman with Coldwell Boat Banker Bain. Strategies to get top dollar in this crazy real estate market for all of my listeners that are selling their property. Great information and great guest in studio. For more information on any topic discussed, please call the show at one 855 411150 Again, that's one 855 or online at themoneyhour.com. And for today's Money Chat. Money. Money. Today, I thought I would talk a little bit about reverse mortgages. If you're listening and you're 62 years or older, or if you have any parents that you're worried about their financial future, there may be a great program for you. In today's economy, a lot of older Americans have concerns about monthly cash flow, but still have equity in their homes and maybe quite a bit of equity in their homes. There's a program that allows you to withdraw some of the equity from your home with no monthly payments. If you're a senior, this can supplement Social Security, meet unexpected medical expenses, or any other expenses that you may need assistance with. A reverse mortgage is a special type of home loan that lets you convert a portion of the equity in your home into cash. Now, to qualify, again, you need to be 62 years or older. Single-family home, one-to-four unit, townhome, or HUD-approved condos. Uh, Property must be owner-occupied. There's some income qualification, very little. It used to be that there was no income qualification at all, but now they want to make sure that you can uh, afford the property taxes and insurance on the home. No credit qualifying. The home does not have to be owned. Um, it does not have to be owned free and clear, but has to have enough equity so that the proceeds from the reverse mortgage can pay off the current loan balance. So benefits. The title of the property always remains in the homeowner's name and will never change ownership. The funds received can be used in any matter with no restrictions. Income received is tax-free with and will not after affect a Social Security, Medicare, or Medicaid benefits. You always want to talk with a, a professional tax uh, expert, which I happen to have one in studio. Uh, no monthly payments uh, on any of the used funds, no out-of-pocket cash for the program, and all fees and interest are deferred until both seniors move out of the property, sell the home, or pass away. Now, the amount of cash received is based on HUD's formula that factors in the age of the youngest borrower, interest rate, and appraised value. 
The loan is paid off when both homeowners pass away. You sell the home or choose to vacate the property, so you, you have to be occupying the property, otherwise it's going to have to be paid off. And the estate or heirs can keep the property once the loan is paid off if the home has remaining equity and it goes into the estate or heirs. Reverse mortgages are considered a non-recourse loan, and the homeowner never guarantees all of the funds owed will be paid back. If more is owed on the home than what can be sold, the government is responsible for that amount. Now, cash options are available or the options that are available for taking out the funds, you can have a lump sum. Uh, There's option for monthly installments, line of credit that allows you to access cash when you need it, combine of all three of these, and all payment options are tax-free. Again, consult with a a professional tax advisor to make sure um, that that you fall into these uh, areas. Now, you can receive additional information about reverse mortgages by contacting the National Council on Aging at 800-510-0391. Again, that's 800-510-0391. And um, to get all the information that you might need, it's just a really good resource. Uh, Again, for seniors, there's a lot of equity possibly in your home, and it's a, a good alternative way to be able to stay into your home and take care of some of the expenses that you need. Now, there are purchase options available with reverse, reverse mortgages, um, another money chat where I can break that down for you. Or again, you can always call the show for more information at one 855 e And coming up next on the Money Hour, do you have tax problems? Greg Nunn with None Better Tax Resolution right here on 1150 AM KKNW after this short break. behind in filing your tax returns? Does the IRS claim you owe them money, but you can't pay? Are you getting nasty grams from the IRS? Are you losing sleep? Please know your tax problems can be solved. Work locally and actually meet the person that'll help you with your tax problems and not some faceless national firm. Call None Better Tax Resolution today at 1-844-SOS-1040 for a free confidential consultation. Again, call 844-SOS-1040 today and start fixing your tax problems so you can sleep peacefully. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, March 25th show. It is a great day to talk about money. That's why I'm here, and that's what the show is all about, how to make money, save money, and build a better quality of life for you and your family. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, uh, but I can connect you with the guests I have in studio or any questions that you have for myself. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's one 855 1150 or online at themoneyhour.com. And in studio right now, Greg Nunn with None Better Tax Resolution. And we're going to be talking about tax problems today. Greg, thank you so much for coming back in studio. Thank you, Tina. And being my go-to guy for everything when it comes to uh, taxes. A little bit about Greg. Greg Nunn is founder and principal of None Better Tax Resolution in Redmond, Washington. The firm, the first firm of tax resolution specialists in Washington State. His passion is helping people that find themselves in a predicament with the IRS due to failing to file tax returns and or not paying what the IRS claims that they owe. He represents these troubled taxpayers vigorously before the IRS. His practice also provides tax preparation 
Education and Tax Planning for Individuals and Businesses. Gregory is a licensed CPA in the state of Washington and has been in the industry for over 30 years. He is a member of the American Society of Tax Problem Solvers, the premier associates of uh, professionals helping troubled taxpayers, and he has received the Top Practitioner Award for the American Society of Tax Problem Solvers. Uh, he's also a certified tax resolution specialist. Uh, Greg's also published has published a book titled Solve Your Tax Problems Now. Just to let you know that Greg is my personal CPA, and he doesn't just help clients that are in tax issues because, thank goodness, I'm not. So if you um, if you want a good CPA, I give a high endorsement to Greg. Greg, again, thanks for coming in, and it's nice to kind of go through um, the problems that people might be in, but as important as well is to talk about how to stay out of problem in issues with the IRS, but also what to do if you are you in a predicament. Right. So how many people have tax issues? It's an alarming amount. There was a study done in 2009, approximately uh, 8.2 million people have tax issues. Wow. And the average amount that a person owes is about $10,000. So it's rampant. So how do people get into tax issues, have tax problems? You know, so often it's an outside event that causes these kind of things to happen. Mm -hmm. Someone in the family becomes very sick or you become very sick, loved one dies, uh, the loss of a job. Mm -hmm. Those kind of things, those external events often are the big trigger that get people into the place where they just start quit paying their taxes and don't file tax returns. Because life is just so in so much turmoil. Yeah. Um, and then others, well, for whatever reason, they just would rather keep the money than than uh, pay it over to the IRS like they should. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Greg, um, the type of people that run into tax issues, what do you see? <laughs> it crosses all economic social boundaries. It can be anybody out there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's and. You know, you have if you get into tax trouble, you have good company, very good company. Anyone that knows Wesley Snipes or Pete Rose, yeah. uh, Mark Anthony, I love his music, and of course we all know Willie Nelson. He's he's been a tax problem for a long, long time. So you're in great company if you get into tax difficulty. So Greg, tax most common tax problem that you see. The most common one that I see is people that own a small business okay, and they either get behind in their ability to make their estimated tax payments mm-hmm. or they start not making their payroll tax deposits, which is a real uh, no-no. And those are the ones that I, that I see the most and they're just unable to pay. And it, it's, it's a snowball. It's like anything we do in life. It's like if you do it once, I don't file for one year, then mm-hmm. the one year becomes two, the two becomes three. And then before you know it, you have multiple years you haven't filed. Or, well, I'm not going to pay my payroll taxes this quarter, and then it happens another quarter, and then mm-hmm. and it snowballs. And that's where people get into real big difficulties. And, you know, we've talked about this uh, before, Greg, and it's so important, just like everything else in life, um, it seems that a lot of people want to procrastinate, and it... it kind of feels like, well, maybe it'll just go away. But when it comes to the IRS, more than anything else, it's the worst thing that you can do because there's always a solution. Even if you don't have the money, it's just connecting with the IRS, right? It is. There's there's always a way to figure it out. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I see actually quite a bit are those that haven't filed for like maybe ever. And so they're really scared to start filing that they might 
well, you know, get arrested or thrown in jail or something. Uh-huh. Um, not not a good plan. The best thing is just get in compliance. That's what the IRS wants. You get back in compliance. They're happy campers. Um, unless you're a total tax dodger, uh, they're not going to come and arrest you. So when or you get that when you get that letter in the mail, make sure you open it up and immediately call the IRS or call your tax professional to help you through the process. Yes, yes, uh, that's a good segue. May I comment on that? Yeah, of all course. right. Um, oftentimes that's what happens. A letter comes that says, "Oh, you owe fifteen thousand dollars. Please pay." Call this number. Call this eight hundred number, and you call that eight hundred number, and you're on hold for sixty minutes or more. And then you get a, it's a tax collector on the other end of that phone line. Mm-hmm. Their purpose in that phone call is to get money out of you. And so they will start asking some financial questions, quite appropriate. Of course. But sometimes the uninformed end up in a situation where they're agreeing to a payment amount or something they should pay the IRS that they don't have to. The IRS just kind of backed them into a corner. Uh-huh. Current example, the guy owes 15000 He calls in. And all of a sudden, they're telling him, well, you got to have $3,000 to us within two weeks, and you got to be paying $500 a month until it's all paid. Fortunately, he called me. We sat down. And I have him now where he's not paying the IRS $3,500 a month. He's probably going to settle his $15,000 debt for $2,000. Wow. Because the IRS isn't concerned about what's best for the taxpayer. Uh-huh. Remember, they're collectors. Of course. Like any business. Yeah. We want all the money we can get. So if you've got a tax issue, the best thing that you do is call your your professional. If you don't have one, um, make sure you get one. Pay the the cost that it would take to do that to make sure that you're getting representation and finding out exactly what you need to do and get that amount down. It, it really is the... Uh, it's well-spent money to have someone do an analysis on yeah. what you might owe. Uh, and and sometimes more things are found that the taxpayer isn't even aware of. But normally an analysis can be de- done for about $1,500. Mm-hmm. And you, then you know. You know that you know. Yep. And you know what you need to do, because um, I always provide that recommendation. These are mm-hmm. the next steps. And my interest is in my client. Yeah. And keeping their money. You know, and also on that, Greg, I'm sure that there's a lot of people that run into tax issues just because they don't understand what they're supposed to be paying taxes on. They make a mistake because they don't have a professional that's done their taxes for them. Do you see that happening a lot with... You know, it it does happen. And, you know, we all do this. And that is sometimes we don't know that we don't know. Mm -hmm. For whatever we do in life, you know, you're the mortgage expert. I just asked you a question before the show to get yep. something clarified. Mm-hmm. I thought that was the case, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. And, and I call you all the time for my clients to you do. get and, answers and, for things. And I really appreciate that, by the mm-hmm. way. It's it's nice to be able to help people. And so it, it is. Sometimes we just start doing our tax return, not really knowing what we're doing in it. Yeah. Now, Greg, I want a little bit of a different topic, because, but we're, uh, we're good, here because we've talked before about, um, or I've brought into studio, in these scams and things that are going mm-hmm. out there. Can you talk about that? Because I know that there's some scams going on um, for the IRS. And so how do you know if, the, if the, this is real or not? Oh, man. These scams, the phone call scams, are the ones that they're so dramatic because this person on the other end of the phone that just is calling you now, they scare the eebie-jeebies out of you. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and it's just, it's, it's organized crime. That's all it is. The, the sad thing about that, that will probably increase. That will tick up. There'll be more of it going on because starting next month, the IRS is going to turn over old delinquent accounts to a collection agency, to a third party. 
And so now you can just, I can just see it happening. These people calling, well, we are now the collector for the IRS and we have special permission to call you and you uh-huh. owe us money. And it's just going to be another segue for these criminals. Thank you, Mr. Government. So the best thing is just not to have any conversation. Don't give any information. Phone calls or call yeah. your tax professional. If it's a phone call. And if that person starts making any kind of threatening statements, mm-hmm hang up. It's not the IRS. Yeah. They don't treat people that way. Yeah. So Greg, um, some ways that you can actually pay back. There's, there's no way that you have the money. You're not going to be able to settle up. What are some options that the IRS is going to give you? The the two best options uh, are a properly structured payment program, an installment agreement. So they'll make sure that they set it up that you can actually afford that payment. Sometimes people, they really can't afford the payment. Uh They just need the ability to have it set up. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes maybe it's a partial pay agreement where they're not paying the whole amount back. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oftentimes you can get in an installment agreement that that's just for a few years because the statute of limitations is expiring on the tax that you owe. Uh And so it just nicely goes away. And then there's the offer and compromise. And both of these, think of it this way. They're based on two fact patterns. One is what's your income mm-hmm. or lack thereof. And what is all your stuff, assets, houses, boats, planes, etc. cetera. Um, but most of the people I talk with, they don't have boats. They don't have planes. They're just trying to eke out a living. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's great to help them. But anyway, uh, the installment agreement is often really good for the person that is, you know, making good money, uh-huh. owe some as- or own some assets. The, the, the best one is this offer and compromise, though. Like this gentleman I just talked about, the IRS wanted to put in on an installment agreement, and we met, and this guy's going to qualify for an offer and compromise, which is the ability to pay the IRS back for less than they say you owe. Okay, yeah. So, Greg, um, implementations, if you do not get in contact with the IRS and set up some type of payment plan. Really bad stuff, I would imagine. It, you know, it, it snowballs. You start yeah. getting, it, the IRS starts out with very benign letters asking you to please pay. And then they start sending certified letters that say pay or else. And then you get another certified letter that says we're levying your bank account. And another certified letter that says we're putting a federal tax lien on you. Yeah. And when you get down, that far down the road, you're in serious doo-doo, and it's really time to get some help. Got it. So, Greg, let's talk uh, for a couple minutes about the IRS levy, and what can you do about that? Those IRS levies, yeah, you've seen I'm sure you've seen those uh, with uh, your lending mm-hmm. situation. Yep. And oftentimes what can happen is that... If we can do a settlement whereby we put you on a good payment program, they might be willing to release that levy. Okay. On a business, sometimes they'll put that levy on a checking account. Mm -hmm. But if you respond properly to prove that you need that money for the operation of your business to make payroll, to make rent or whatever... They'll they'll lift that levy. Okay. There's ways to get them all off. So they'll they'll work with you. It's, they'll, it's they'll taking action. You. Yeah. So and and last, what about the IRS lien? The IRS lien is 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 probably the worst thing that can happen to you, in that it impacts your credit score. Mm-hmm. It's going to show on your credit report. Um, you're not going to be able to most likely get a mortgage. Well, you know that more than anybody, and. But if you do have a, a lien, they can get removed off your credit report. Yes, they can. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of it is that these things have remedies. 
you don't have to sit there and, and worry, even though I know it's very stressful yep. to get these letters. Um, but that levy can get, or excuse me, that lien can get taken off your credit report. Yeah. And then it's nice and clean and you're good to go. Yeah. So in, in closing, the best advice as your host of the Money Hour, and this show really is to bring in all the experts that you need so that you can have a successful financial plan for you and your family. And the worst thing that can happen is to have financial challenges and to compound with that, have the IRS are after you. So if anything's going on, just call your tax professional, get the advice that you need. Um, the IRS is going to work with you. And, uh, but the worst thing you can do is procrastinate and push that off aside. Greg, thank you so much for uh, joining me back in studio. I always appreciate your hey, time. I always like being here. Remember if you have an IRS problem, most of the time your professional can slow things down so they can get fixed. Yes. And they exactly know know what needs to be done and what your options are. Thank you, Greg. Tina, you're awesome. Thanks. (laughs) Likewise. Coming up next on The Money Are, what factors are having an impact on our real estate market? I have Maya and Rosemary with Real Logics, Theatherby International Realty, right here on 1150 AM KKNW after the short break. Are you struggling to find time to clear out the home of a loved one who has moved to nursing care or has passed away? Do you need to speed it up so the estate can sell or rent the home, its biggest asset, but you're not sure where to start? Seamless moves help families just like yours quickly sort through belongings in your loved one's home, ship them to family members and other heirs, and disperse the remaining unwanted items as you direct. Seamless Moves has over 13 years experience overseeing moving details for busy professionals, families, and seniors. They have the highest satisfaction ratings on Yelp, Facebook, and Angie's List. This is Lori Lamoureux, Chief Box Opener at Seamless Moves. To learn more about how we can help you with a move or an estate cleanout, call us at 425-746-1334 or check out our website at seamlessmoves.com. Again, that's 425-746-1334 and online at seamlessmoves.com. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, March 25th show. I am here to help you build a strong financial blueprint one week and one show at a time. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast to talk with the guests that I have in studio. You can call the show at one 855 411150 Again, that's one 855 411150 or online at themoneyr.com. And in studio right now, I have Maya Butler and Rosemary West with Real Logic Sotheby's International Realty. Thank you so much, you guys, for coming back in studio. Thank you. Love Thanks seeing so you guys much. across from me with the big, huge smiles and very excited to talk about kind of what's happening in the real estate market and some different factors that are affecting us right here in our local market. And before we do that, a little bit about uh, the two of them. Maya is a dedicated residential real real estate broker specializing in unique, exceptional homes with extraordinary lives. Maya is a lifetime resident of the Seattle Bellevue area and represents properties in Seattle, Bellevue, Medina, Clyde Hill, Kirkland, Hunts Point, Evergreen Point, Juanita, and Issaquah. She provides her clients with over 40 years of real estate sales and marketing experience. 
She provides herself in providing the highest caliber of service with integrity and with the utmost discretion. She is highly regarded for her negotiating skills and her wealth of local knowledge and experience in negotiating complex real estate transactions for her clients, whether selling or purchasing properties. Rosemary, a longtime resident of Medina, Washington, has practiced real estate in the involving and growing Bellevue and Seattle areas, a professional real estate broker over 20 years. Her extensive marketing, sales experience, advertising, and public relations are the foundation of her large local network thriving and repeat and referral business. Rosemary knows how to locate and negotiate the ideal properties for her clients and truly loves the entire real estate experience and process, whether that means assisting incredible people in the task of finding their next home or helping an investor find that perfect income producing property. She is known for her detail, efficient and tireless work ethic and deep care for her clients and their experience. She has much gratitude and appreciation for all the people that she's worked with, both past and present. Rosemary is thrilled to align herself with the award-winning marketing and global network of Real Logic Sotheby International Realty. Providing the Sotheby's white glove service, the most value compliment is to be referred to her clients, families, and friends. Okay, so we're talking about uh, factors that are having an impact on the real estate market and very happy again to have you guys back in studio. So what about this bubble everyone seems to be afraid of? Why? What's what's happening right now in the market? Are you guys concerned about the bubble coming or what's your what's your opinion? Well, Tina, my take on the bubble is that we are seriously not in a bubble. If uh-huh. we are, we're at the bottom of it. So Seattle and Bellevue are now the number one location for Chinese residential real estate buyers. And the median sale price for a house in Bellevue is now $744,000. I know. This is because the Pacific Northwest is still one of the most affordable cities in the United States. Surprising. One main reason for this is that there are is a new foreign buyer tax in Vancouver, Uh British Columbia. So the Chinese are now looking to the Seattle-Bellevue area to invest their money. This area has a much lower median home price, and the area is still ripe with plenty of opportunities for investors. According to the... um, Epoch Times, Seattle housing prices are rising faster than anywhere else in the country. And there's not been the usual slowdown during the holiday season as we've seen historically in past years. Home prices in Seattle rose 11% last year and 13% in Bellevue. So according to the SPK Schiller National Index pricing, the U.S. national average for real estate is 5.5%. So what's driving a lot of this is the Seattle technology industry or the regional technology industry. And uh, it's going to be bringing on literally record population growth. In addition to homegrown companies such as Amazon, Microsoft, Starbucks, Boeing, Costco, there are many Silicon Valley firms that now have offices in this region. Yeah, and and so what growth factors do you guys look at as professional realtors in the Puget Sound area? One of the things that's happening in our area that's so exciting and beyond anything we could ever have imagined, 
this is one of the reasons that Maya and I both believe that there's not going to be a bubble in our area anytime soon. We have a, a tremendous lack of inventory at the moment. Uh-huh. And there is not a lot of new construction coming in. And what yeah. is coming in is multifamily or in the outer areas. So what you're dealing with is you have Blue Origin that has been established by Jeff Bezos in the Kent area. Mm-hmm. And SpaceX is coming along with that as well. There are going to be competition for them. NASA has, in conjunction with the space program that they're doing, has really increased the opportunity for bringing in more growth, more opportunity, more professionals, mm-hmm. more engineers, scientists that are coming in. And that is going to grow in the Kent area. SpaceX and Blue Origin, I don't know if people are really familiar with what these companies are doing, Uh but it's changing the way we live. It's going to change the vision that we have for the future of real estate even. Uh They're trying to colonize space. If that's the case, it's a vision. It's a vision Jeff Bezos had as a young man, Mm -hmm. and it's coming. It's actually a very, very interesting thing that's happening that I, it's beyond exciting uh-huh. because what that's going to do is the growth in the Kent area is going to just boom. We have the Southport area as yeah. well, where in that area, Hi- the Hyatt Regency just is ready to do a soft opening, I believe, in July okay. on the, the first waterfront hotel that there is on the south end of Lake Washington. Uh-huh. And then you have Microsoft also coming into that area, a lot of tech. Renton, this is something Maya and I have been very involved in. Renton City. Uh, the city's being completely revitalized and re-energized and redesigned by Bayless Architectural Firm out of Bellevue. What they're going to do is they're going to make it more pedestrian friendly, mm-hmm. more, and it's already seen so much growth. You're seeing in that area already properties that are not teardowns that are selling for five hundred thousand yeah. dollars just because things crazy. are going so crazy. Where is everyone going to have to live? Yeah, I don't know. Traffic is an issue. Yep. You cannot actually commute all the way to Seattle and Bellevue if mm-hmm. you're working in Kent. Sure. So there's going to be some growth in the outer areas that we have not seen before, yeah. which also is happening in Bellevue, Kirkland, Seattle. We're going to see in another surge, just surgeons of more appreciation in properties because there's just not anywhere else to grow. Yeah. You have to tear something down, sure. rebuild it, and the cost of building is more expensive today than it was yeah, days, and I know you talked about ago, with even. the new construction and how to build our panel for one of my Power Hour Lunch and Learns and listening to all of the restrictions that are on our, our builders is is just another crazy thing. So let's talk about interest rates and how the interest rates are affecting buyers and what you see. I know with the seller side, when the interest rates go up, it's going to be challenging for you know the inventory because then sellers are not going to want to sell when they're at a high three, low four interest rate. What about the impact to our buyers? What do you guys see on that? Well, you know, the interest rates are slowly going up, and we can expect them to continue mm-hmm. to arise, especially with this administration. So, um, But I don't think that there's going to be really a slowdown in the purchases of homes and condos in the area. Great. Just because there are so many people moving in because of the tax tech industry in yes. the area. So Yeah. And what about uh, regarding transportation? How do you think that this is going to affect the development in the Puget Sound region? Traffic has become increasingly an issue, as mm-hmm. everyone well knows. If you ever have to be in downtown Seattle, over in the Queen Anne area, you see the Mercer, just the slowdown that happens there. Yeah. You see uh, 405 is an issue. 520 is an issue. I-90 mm-hmm. is an issue. It's everywhere. 
So what's going to have to happen, and Maya and I were just speaking of this this morning because we have so many clients that want their commute to be very close to their where they work, sure. shop, and do what they need sure. to do. Mm-hmm. So the issue is to look for something that's within five minutes of some, wherever they work, wherever their job may be or their business may uh-huh. be. And then you look at a 10-minute radius and then a 15-minute radius. And 15 minutes away from your office, that can take you an hour to two hours to get home during traffic hours. Yeah. So when you look at all those factors, it is changing the way people look at real estate, how they decide where they're going to live. Mm-hmm. The, the other issue is sound transit. It really is not there yet. Yeah. We... There's so many issues where I've heard people say, well, I take the bus. If we were in 2030, it would be a whole different picture. Correct. <laughs> Correct. And <laughs> maybe by then we'll coming. have flying yeah. cars. Exactly. So it would be a whole different idea. Yeah. yeah. So what we're seeing with Sound Transit, Town Transit is actually overflowing in their bus routes. Mm-hmm. People are having to wait to get onto a bus. Yeah. Granted, you have Microsoft, Expedia, Amazon, that they all have their own Google, Facebook. Yeah. They have their own way of transporting their own their own employees. Their people, yes. And they have you know, the Wi-Fi and, uh, buses and where they can have their mobile offices. So it's a uh-huh. little bit different in that respect. But yes, we're going to see a continued absolute congestion of traffic. And that is going to affect prices, which is also anything in the core area, of downtown Bellevue, downtown Kirkland, downtown Seattle, yeah. downtown Redmond, Sammamish even, Renton. You're going to see an increase in appreciation. Yeah. So... So since we know that it's probably going to stick around for a while, this lack of inventory is, doesn't look like it's going to get better anytime soon. And it's so competitive out there for our buyers. I know you guys do a lot of, you know, really um, uh, handholding with your clients and you've been in the industry for a long time and have a lot of expertise. And what are you sharing with your buyers and how to be more competitive in this market? Maya? The first thing that I tell the buyers is to get a pre-approval letter or a letter of credit from their lender. Yep. It's the very first thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of lenders have programs, too, that are, they call them same as cash, where they mm-hmm. can make a cash offer and then refinance it right mm-hmm. afterwards. Uh-huh. So it depends upon the lender. Yes. And I know you know all about mm-hmm. that. So those are the first things that anyone should consider. Um Checking your credit history. Yeah. That varies, you know, that'll depend upon what kind of interest rate you get on your mortgage. Mm -hmm. So those are just a few of the things that we first tell our buyers. A lot of buyers that we also work with are cash buyers moving Uh into the area. Yep. And uh, to be competitive on these offers, you um, want to, you know, wave inspections and a lot of people are doing pre-inspections now so that they feel comfortable waving an inspection um, on their offer. Uh Uh, You pretty much, to be competitive, wave anything on this cash, shorter closing Are you guys going in and and having your buyers waive uh, their finance contingency and just... What we don't do. This is something that for liability reasons, Uh you just do not ever want to advise your client to waive any kind of contingency. Yeah. It's totally up to them. Yep. They have to feel comfortable with what they are waiving. Yeah. And if they're the one thing that we recommend when you have like twenty offers that mm-hmm. are being offered on one property, you have to 
really look at what is important to you. Yes. Is this home really what you want? And yep. if you lose out, is it something that you're going to be totally devastated by? Yes. And if this is the house for you, do the pre-inspection. Yep. Do the things that need to be done finance-wise that you can don't need to have that finance contingency in place. Yes. But it's very important for our clients and we educate them to find their buyers to actually find the right people to make sure that they are comfortable waiving those inspe- yeah. that inspection, the finance contingency, and any other contingency they may need and to I, waive. And I think that's that's really great um, advice, Rosemary. I mean, you really um, lining it up for your buyers and exactly what their options are and what the risks are attached to those options. And then it's up to, um, you know, for them to make that decision. Uh, Maya, what about for you? You know, a lot of people should consider escalation clauses, too, yes. when they make the offers mm-hmm. nowadays. And we're we're commonly seeing escalations up to $100,000 over asking price. Yeah. So explain really quickly, and then um, I've got a couple minutes. I want to ask one more question before we go to break. Um, explain to my listeners an escalation clause, how that works. Well, uh, in an escalation clause, they say they would pay so, ma- mm-hmm. so much like 5000 or 10000 or 2000 over the highest offer received. Yes. Okay. Up to a certain dollar amount, and and you're saying hundred thousand might be that hundred thousand or more. Yes, I've heard of more. Yeah, up to six hundred thousand. Crazy, I know. Oh my god, I know. <laughs> so the um, but the one thing about the escalation clause is that the they have to provide you with written documentation that they had a valid offer. Yes. So basically, you're going in and saying, look, I'm going to pay, you know, if you did 600000 obviously, you're saying you're going to pay the highest. Nobody's going to pay that much for the home. And I'm going to get this house regardless. So there's a lot of different creative things that you can do out there. Um, and we need to have a show, you know, a conversation just on that next time that you guys come in. Um, but I've got a minute to wrap it up. And I just for my sellers out there, should they be selling their home right now? Yes, absolutely. Yep. Because here's what's interesting about the market. You have Lack of inventory. Uh-huh. We're coming into springtime. Fabulous time to put your place on the market. Yes. Interest rates are going up. It's going to also, in some cases, eliminate potential buyers. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a time period here that, yes, we are seeing great appreciation right now, yeah. and it's a great time to put your place on the market. But what's going to happen in the future is a lot of unknowns. Uh-huh. Today's also a very crucial time for our president to find out what's going on with the healthcare industry. That's sure. going to affect and trickle down on everything else, mm-hmm. taxes, real estate, regulations, everything else that happens in the future. So all of those issues are unknowns. Yeah. What we do know right at this moment. It's a great market. There's a, there's a great market. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of inventory. Everyone has a demand, a high demand with buyer inventory uh-huh. that they can come and take a look at what you may have to offer. Sure. And this is a great time to... to if you want to move up because the interest yeah. rates still are a very good yes. good situation. This is when they would call you, Tina, and find uh-huh. out what can what is my buying power. Exactly. And this is my move of time. Or is it time for me to downsize? Yeah. Is it time for me to go the empty nesters? Yeah. Is it time to get rid of the big estate yeah. and go to a condo? This is a perfect time. 
So I'm, and and that's great, you guys. It's it's really just getting the information. It is a great time to sell your home. You've got to be able to find another property, but that's another conversation as well. And we know real estate is guaranteed. It's going to go up and down. So at some point in time, we're going to see our market go down. The question is when it's going to happen. So if it makes for you sense for you as a seller, it's a great time. So thank you so much, you guys, for coming back in studio. It's always a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you, You're welcome. Tina. Thank you, Tina. Coming up next in the Money Hour, are you thinking of selling your home? Strategies to get top dollar in this crazy real estate market. Jamie Flaxman with Coldwell Banker Bain right here at 1150 AM KKNW after this short break. Are you looking to purchase a home in today's real estate market and want to get the best representation available? Give Cindy Peschel Hall a call today and set up an appointment to meet with the Peschel Hall and Hall real estate partners. Cindy and Richard work together, bringing over 30 years of combined experience representing buyers and sellers. Call Cindy today at 206-930-3526. Hi, this is Cindy Peschel Hall with Coldwell Banker Bain. You can reach me at 206-930-3526. Our website, peschelhall.com. Give me a call. I'd love to help you out. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, March 25th show. I bring into studio each week the best of the best experts in our local market, everything regarding your money. I'm here to help you in today's economy. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. You can call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com to discuss anything regarding your money and to chat with the guests that I have in studio today. Right now in studio, Jamie Flaxman with Coldwell Banker Bain. And we're going to be talking about strategies to get top dollar in this crazy real estate market. And Jamie, first time that I've had you in studio. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Tina. And a little bit about Jamie. Uh, Jamie is a realtor with 30 years experience in real estate sales, nonprofit management, marketing, social media, and customer service. For the past six years, Jamie has been affiliated with Coldwell Banker Bain in their Lake Union office. Jamie has been a Seattle resident since 1992 and a homeowner since 1995. Active with numerous community organizations, including Children's Hospital and Family Works Family Resources Center and Food Bank. Uh, she donates a portion of her commissions to a variety of nonprofit organizations and have donated, donated more than 16000 in the past few years. Jamie is a licensed managed broker and has the following uh, advanced certifications, accredited buyer's representative, certified national, certified negotiation expert, certified residential specialist, certified stage staging agent, seller's representative specialist, and senior real estate specialist. Jamie is also recognized by Coulter Banker Bain as qualified to sell luxury properties. So, uh, Jamie, I'm excited to uh, reach out to the sellers that we have listening to the show today, but always as well, even if you're a buyer, it's good to understand and get behind the scenes of what the seller's advice is because it's going to help you as a buyer strategize. So if you're a buyer, don't tune out of my conversation with uh, Jamie. Jamie, what do you see as the most important uh, step in selling a home in this crazy real estate market? You know, in my mind, the most important step or place to start is who you choose as your real estate broker. You want a broker who is on top of the market, knows what's going on, and knows how to price and market your home. 
And so when considering that and trying to find that person, how do you find the best real estate broker? There are thousands of brokers out there, and each has his or her own personality and skill set. First and foremost, it's important that you find a broker who you're comfortable with and who knows how to sell in this kind of market. You're going to need to put a lot of trust in that person, and you need to feel comfortable sharing information and spending time with him or her. How do you like to communicate, and will this work with the broker you're interested in? I have had clients who don't use email or cell phones, where I need to go to them every time I need to get a document signed or wait for them to return home after work mm-hmm. for to get a question answered. I am flexible and able to do that, but I know brokers who won't work with clients, for example, who don't use email or cell phones. Our market is so hot that you have to be ready to move fast. Mm-hmm. That means your broker's availability is critical. Most brokers are available Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, but what about evenings and weekends? A lot of real estate activity happens on Saturdays and Sundays, but if your broker doesn't work those days, who is representing you then? Yeah, great, great advice. So really finding out the needs that you that you have and what's what's going to best suit you in this uh, market on exactly. top of that experience. Now, uh, Jamie, I know a lot of sellers just feel that they're going to get top dollar in this market because it is crazy. There's no inventory. There's too many buyers. Uh, but the reality is, is you need to be strategic in what you're doing mm-hmm. and in order to get top dollar. So if you were to list the three most most important things and steps, what would those be? So to get top dollar, you want as many people as possible to see your home. You want to create a frenzy. So in order to get uh, buyers to view your home, there are three things that are most important, and those are price, curb appeal, and photography. Mm -hmm. Your home should be listed at market value or a little under market value, because this will draw buyers to the home. If a price appears too high, a buyer may exclude that home without even visiting it. Most activity on a home for sale occurs in the first two weeks it's on the market. Mm -hmm. And really, in our market right now, it's even the first three days that it's on the market. And so if someone says, this looks too high, they may never look at it again. Your home's curb appeal is critical. If a buyer pulls up to your house and sees peeling paint and overgrown weeds, the buyer may not even get out of the car. You don't want buyers to get distracted by the areas of the home that need work. You want them to notice the features that will make them want to live in the house. And then lastly, the importance of photography cannot be overlooked. You want to use a broker who uses professional photography. The photos are the first thing a buyer is likely to see, so you want them to be spectacular. You don't want pictures of toilets and light fixtures. You want pictures that show off the highlights of the home, the natural light, that really look good. Yeah, makes makes sense. So you talk about curb appeal, and you talk about pictures, and the importance of having you know pictures that are going to be the best representation of that home because everybody's starting looking on the line and looking online. What about staging? How important do you feel that that is, Jamie, in today's market? I think staging is a critical component to selling your home. You want buyers to be able to imagine living there. That means removing items that are unique to your taste and moving in items and furniture that can appeal to a wide interest base. Research has been done, and if you have two identical properties sold at similar times, one vacant with no furniture and one staged with furniture, the staged unit will likely sell for 6 to 10% more than the unstaged yeah. one. Staging pays for itself. 
The other reason to stage, as you said, is for the photographs. Mm -hmm. As I mentioned, a buyer may exclude a home based on the pictures, and it's hard to make a vacant home look as good as it is one that is staged. Yes, yeah. So when you're thinking of hiring an agent, putting your home on the market, what questions should you be asking that uh, real estate broker? So beyond what I've mentioned already, you should ask about the broker's marketing plan for your home. Does the broker use the same marketing plan for every home they list, or is it developed for your unique home and location? For me, the items that I focus on the most are staging, professional mm -hmm. photography, video or a virtual tour, 3D, 3D walkthroughs, professionally printed materials, emails and phone calls to brokers in the community, an open house for brokers, open houses for buyers, and mailings to your neighbors and to likely buyers for your home. Neighbors are a great source because they may have friends who want to move in, mm -hmm. and of course, they want to see... Um, they want to know who is going to be buying a house next yeah. door to them. With the exception of staging, I cover the costs for all the marketing activities. So the exposure is important and maximizing that exposure and making sure the, the agent that lists your mm -hmm. home is going to be doing all of that effort um, to do that. So what about managing through multiple offers? Because it's got to be a challenge for the real estate broker um, uh, agent. And I would imagine there has to be a lot of experience in understanding how to navigate through that process. So talk a little bit on that, Jamie. So if a home is priced right and marketed well, it's going to get multiple offers. Mm -hmm. That's why we want to price a home at market value or a little below. With our shortage of inventory, it's crazy what's going on out there. And we're seeing homes that may get two offers, but we're also seeing homes that may get 35 or 40 offers. Wow. That's a lot for yeah. a broker to handle, and it's also a lot for sellers. It can be very overwhelming. So you want to work with a real estate broker that has experience with multiple offers and has a system in place to manage them. You want someone who's going to make it easy for you to go through a lot of offers. So the best systems include a spreadsheet that allows you to compare the various offers easily. Mm -hmm. It allows you to look at things like your net proceeds, closing dates, who the, who the financing is through, if it's cash or if it's a lender. Uh -huh. Um, you want to know what contingencies are, in, are included, such as inspections or financing. Um, if you want to close quickly, will the buyer's closing schedule work for you? I vet all lenders to make sure that those buyers are likely to close yeah. on the sale. You know, I thought somebody needs to um, uh, put together a software, an app that is point system for all these different things on multiple offers that just gives a score for the seller to make it easy because there's so many different factors um, to, to manage through. So what about protecting the seller's interest? What should a broker, a real estate broker do? For that, when, when you sell your home after the buyer closes on the purchase, you may think you're done with that home, but that's not always the case. Buyers have been known to come back to sellers when the buyer finds a problem with the property. This is often in the form of a lawsuit. So my job and my goal in working with you, the seller, is to make sure your interests are protected so that buyers don't come after you if there's a problem. The most important activity to protect yourself, in my mind, is to disclose any issues with the home. Sellers are required by Washington state law to complete a disclosure form known as Form 17. If there was a roof leak three years ago and you repaired it, disclose it. 
But if even if you didn't repair it, you still need to disclose it. Form 17 is a long form, and I see too many sellers just quickly go through checking the boxes. You really need to take the time and fill it out as accurately as possible. Mm -hmm. Next, it's important to allow the buyer to have the opportunity to inspect the home. Whether it's a pre-inspection, which is an inspection that occurs before an offer, offer is submitted, or an inspection contingency as part of the offer, allow the buyer the opportunity to inspect the major systems of the house. Some sellers choose to conduct their own inspection and then share it with the buyers, which is a great option, but you should also still allow that buyer to conduct their conduct their own inspection if they want to. That's how you protect yourself is through full disclosure. Okay. And we were talking um, earlier in our last segment about uh, just these these crazy offers that the buyers are making with escalation clauses and, and really trying to compete. And there has been some challenges. Fortunately for myself, I haven't seen a, a lot of them, but um, I, I think it's going to get worse as we continue to see these crazy offers out there with appraisals coming in low. So if that happens on with one of your sale sellers, how are you helping them navigate through that that process? What advice are you giving them? You know, I am seeing homes sell for ridiculous amounts compared to what they're listed for. Uh-huh. There was one home I saw last week that closed, I think in the Wallingford neighborhood of Seattle, mm-hmm. that closed $300,000 over list price. Um, as $1.3 million listing closed for 1.6. Homes are escalating substantially over list price, and in 2017, we're seeing many more low appraisals. Whenever a buyer is purchasing a home with a mortgage, the lender will conduct an appraisal to verify the value of the home. Mm-hmm. This protects the lender's interest in the home and helps verify the percentage of equity the buyer will have. So it's important to know when a buyer and seller agree for on a price for a home, the pr- appraisal may not reflect that. Especially in areas where prices have appreciated rapidly, it may be difficult for the appraiser to find comparable properties that have changed hands recently to, to back up that price. If an appraisal comes in low, the buyer may need to bring the difference between the contract price and the appraised value Mm -hmm. to the table. It's important to know when reviewing an offer if the buyer has the additional funds if the property doesn't appraise. If the buyer needs to cover the difference with some of the funds they were going to use for their down payment, will they still be able to get their loan? So as I help the seller review each offer, I will look at a number of factors that may be impacted by a low appraisal. We have found that if a buyer is working with a local lender, there's less likelihood of a low appraisal. That's because local lenders generally use only local appraisers who know our market and have quicker quicker turnaround times. Mm -hmm. As part of the lender vetting process, I ask the lender what what they're seeing in terms of low appraisals and delayed closings. Some buyers who are obtaining mortgages are waiving their appraisal contingencies. That is, they're saying up front that if an appraisal comes in low, they'll pay the difference. Well, now they've got that new addendum in the contract. Yes. For yep. that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Jamie, uh, going on another uh, topic I mentioned a little bit earlier as, as well in regards to a seller wanting to list their home but being concerned about uh, finding another property. One minute to go to break, and I know this is a long one um, uh, here, but if, what do sellers do? That's a very valid concern, and we mm-hmm. see that a lot. Uh, many sellers want to purchase that home but can't find anything 
or they're concerned about finding something. So I have several recommendations. The first is you can move in with friends or family or get a short-term rental while you search for your new home. Another option is that we ask the buyer for a rent back. That is, you can stay in your home for a period of time after it closes, and in this competitive market, buyers are often offering those rent backs at no cost to the seller. Um, and then lastly, you can speak with a lender to find out that you may be eligible for some bridge financing or some other financing options. Yeah, great, great advice. Jamie, thank you so much for coming in studio thank and look you. forward to having you come back again in the future. I'd love to. And that's the show. This is your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, signing off for the day. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and I'll be here same time, same place next weekend, right here at 1150 AM KKNW. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC. Views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC.